Hello, I just want to say that in this episode there is a reverb mainly on my voice and I apologize for that and it won't happen again. Hopefully it's not too bad, but maybe it is. Sorry. What's up? What's up, everybody? It's the ninth episode of From the Perspective of Justin. I have Clint today as my guest. Stuff, y'all. Stop motion. Fun stuff. Stop motion animation is fun as shit. I love all kinds of animation. What's great about stop motion is the simplicity of it. Yeah. It was really like the first special effect in cinema in general. It's yeah. very simple to do with the old cameras, is how you did it. You rolled the tape, you stopped rolling, you changed something. And then you begin filming again, and then it appears on the film that something instantly changed. Because it's just how film works. Because it's all just pictures. Yeah, there, was a, there, was a, there used to be an episode of a Reading Rainbow where they, he visits a stop-motion f- uh, production facility or whatever. and It's awesome. They show you how to make little claymation animations. <clears throat> so, like, from super young... I wanted to make stop motion animation. And I also saw this documentary when I was young about cell animation. It was, uh, they were drawing Bambi, I think. And, uh, you know, I would, I just, uh, they would just draw each, each frame. And I was like, dang, that's how it's fucking done. <laughs> uh, there was, uh, I saw a thing about Bambi specifically on how it utilized this layering filming where it was literally like a box. Or like this huge box that went all the way to the ceiling. And the camera pointed down at it and they had different layers of photos. And they would move the photos at different speeds to appear that the object, the picture farther away, was moving slower. Like, you know, that's how it appears. It was really cool. There's like a video where Disney himself is like talking about it. It's awesome. Yeah, and the, the way South Park does their characters, they they like put like a specific kind of paper over another type of paper or something like that. I don't know exactly how it is, but that's why their animation looks so unique. Yeah, they used construction paper. Yeah, construction paper. That was literally just for their first episode. They Don't they still do it the same way, though? Well, yeah, it's still the same style, but the second episode was done computer-generated. The first one, just the pilot, it took them... It was like two months to actually <laughs> film it and like finish it, from like production. Or I'm not sure if that was like first idea to finish product. It probably wasn't. It was probably just like just the film and took two months of moving, moving the mouthpiece. That yeah, just so they're talking. They're moving little mouthpieces. Yeah, South Park is great. They always stay relevant too. <laughs> There's a South uh, Park episode about everything. <laughs> let's talk about recent <clears throat> South Park. So we got. Tiggerty Wee. <laughs> Absolutely love it. <laughs> I mean, they had an episode called Band in China. This is the, I think the only episode that I've showed you of the recent season. Did you watch any more yet? No, I've only seen that one. Yeah. I rewatched the latest, it. The latest one that's been released, I think it's episode 7 now of the newest season. It's called, talked about women in sports. Hulk Hogan like character pretending to be a woman to be in a woman's sport. Uh, uh, the whole, the whole trans community getting super pissed at him. No surprise. Yeah, getting, 
I think what they do is like they know exactly what like people what crazy thing people want to see and they make an animation of it, which I think is a great idea. I just think um I don't know. I think their episodes are kind of hit and miss also like they go they have a really good episode and then some of their episodes are not that good, but then their episode is really good. I don't know. I think they have some of the greatest episodes of all time, but and then they have a lot of mediocre episodes too. But that's because they fucking make an episode every week or whatever. I mean, when you're when you're writing that frequently, you're gonna write some stuff that's bad, you know? <laughs> yeah. They also take like eight months off a year. It seems like when they do decide to write for South Park, it yeah, it all happens in like a week. Yeah. Cause, man, I wrote so much shitty material. But then I feel like there's a couple things I've written that are really funny. Like that episode of Red... The second episode of Red and Black where... Uh, the guy wants to fuck the world. The, the guy wants to... He has a huge robot in space. And he's, the robot's literally gonna put his dick into the earth. <laughs> I, I, just, I just... I was writing... And I just, all of a sudden, that that story popped into my head about this supervillain who was literally going to fuck the world. <laughs> and, I, and it was just, that's one of the better things I've written. <clears throat> and it's like, I, I was, I worked, I had like a completely different storyline for episode two. And then I thought of that and I was like, no, this is fucking garbage. We need to do that. And that's, that's kind of, I, I that, at that point in time, I perfectly filtered out the 15%, but. Other times in my life, I botched it and put out really horrible things. <laughs> you know, in in general though, you could still go back to old material and just rework it a little bit. Yeah, like South Park. Uh, they talked about in the commentary of uh, Butter's Bottom Bitch, which is a great episode. It's actually like the fan favorite Butter episode. But uh, the joke in there was that a cop <clears throat> says freeze way too late. And it was the cop being a prostitute. Remember that? No, I don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he shoots like, him and then says freeze. No, he's like <laughs> he's like a sting operation as a prostitute, and he's like, "We're gonna catch the men of this town." And he goes out as himself, and he's like, "All right, hand over the twenty dollars for oral sex." Oh, and then they go through with it. <laughs> he's like, "All right, here we go." <laughs> like halfway through, and then he's he like, "Freeze!" <laughs> yeah, and then the guy's like, "Oh, oh, oh, sorry, I finished so quick. Oh, that's all right, buddy. Freeze!" <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> like, so yeah, South Park talked about that on how it was a joke that they had written like before the first episode of South Park even released. That's awesome. And it took them like 11 and a half seasons of South Park before they got all the way back to that joke, which they had written many years ago. Point is, old material can be rehashed. Yeah, you gotta think of... Or not rehashed, but like reworked. Yeah, because it's also sometimes like you were thinking of... you you Like you wrote something down and you were thinking of releasing it this way, but then... And that way just kind of just didn't sound good to you after all, but then... A couple years pass, and you're like, oh, I could actually do this with it and not do that other thing with it at all, and then it becomes valuable. That happens sometimes. I don't know. And I feel like it's also its best. The reason why I don't, I wouldn't like to make an episode every week and then release it that week is just because I feel like it's best to make something and then just have it sit for a little bit. And then, like, because I feel like when you make something, like, 
like the first five minutes after I've made something that I think is awesome, like there's nothing in the universe that's going to convince me it's not awesome. But if I wait like a week, I might come back to it and be like, this isn't awesome. <laughs> and it's like if I would have released that right away, I would have released something that wasn't awesome. Yeah, see, and I mean, just to bring South Park back into it, because it's the only thing that I know to, how to talk about. <laughs> I mean, uh, in that documentary, Six Days to Air, Trey mentioned, he was just like, it's like when I create South Park and it's finished, I always think it's garbage. <clears throat> but it always turns out to not be garbage, because if he, he says if he holds on to it for too long, you know, it takes... Instead of taking six days and it takes two months, it only becomes like 2% better. Sure. I mean, that's just the way he is there. Yeah, I get, well, here, yeah, that's the thing. You In this day and age, people want content, like, fast and often. So it's yeah. like, if you're somebody like me, you're probably not going to be successful because I take forever to make shit. And it's just like, you need to be somebody who's able to pump shit out. Like, I'm pretty prolific with this podcast. Like, we pump shit out every week. But, like, that's about as prolific as I get. And it's just because all I have to do is sit here and talk and then, you know, edit the episode and promote it. With other things, though, like, when you're writing a story, God, that's so much harder for me to come up with something that people are actually going to like and care about. I can't do it fast. It'll just suck if I do it fast. Uh, I care so much about it being good that I just spent way too long on things. I mean, there's like a psychology to writing and how to draw an audience in. You know, you pull at their heartstrings a little bit. It's like romance films and women go crazy over it. And it's like, you do... You do stuff like Fast and Furious, Cars, Explosions for the men, because it appeals to a big number of crowd, and a a big enough crowd it appeals to. There's a psychology to writing, you know, that does appeal to certain crowds, and you kind of, you can't appeal to all of them at once. Yeah. I think, I feel like, I hate those Fast and Furious movies, I feel like... (laughs) I know you probably did. I just don't, like, I just don't care about cars that much, like... To me, like, the coolest... When I think of a cool car, I think of, like, a Tesla. Like, you can... It's just... It drives you. Like, you don't got to do any of the work. Uh, you, you see the latest Tesla news? No, I didn't. Uh, they've been talking about it a lot for some reason in my Facebook feed, but, like, the Tesla truck that got released, it was, like, a total botch of a review or re- reveal because he, like... He was like, oh, it's bulletproof windows, and then, like, throws a rock at it or something and it like breaks <laughs> like a really big break and then this other guy comes up with like a sledgehammer and is like well this guy won't get in and like doesn't hit it very hard but fucking makes a big hole in the glass It'll or not an actual hole but like a big dent in this so called bulletproof glass they'll get there they'll make they'll make and, bulletproof glass for the Teslas oh but it actually really hurt Elon Musk's stocks he like lost 650 million dollars yeah, because people like, are... Or something like that. All people care about is money, but, like, I I know that the first time, like, in things, in the infancy of things, you know, there's issues, and those issues just get solved with time. So it's like, 
you got to think of when you, if you're investing in Tesla, you shouldn't be thinking about, oh, well, investors think, uh, investors think in context of money, so it's hard for them to be, it's hard to them to believe in the idea of something if it's not profitable for them right away. But the thing is that. It's not really just about profits, it's like practicality too. Well, it is practical. We, because here's the thing. I think cars are terrible right now. They're fucking horrible for the environment. They're fucking loud as shit. They're, you have to drive them. It sucks. Dude, cars are like quieter than ever. They're, when you hear a loud car, Dude. somebody doing that on purpose. Have you ever... Have you, have you, <laughs> Which I know, you, you only hate loud cars because you have an asshole neighbor that revs his engine in the middle of the night. Well, no, that hasn't even happened for a long time. That guy, I think that guy left, but... I just don't ever, I don't ever like the sound of loud cars, like, any time, but the thing is, is Teslas are fucking silent, like, fucking silent, like, and, and that's, everything about the Tesla sound, like, the idea of a Tesla sounds fucking cool to me, it's like, if you want your car to be a fucking spaceship and not just a car, like, that's what I want. I don't, See, now, that's what I, that's what I mean about being practical. The reason the Tesla truck failed so hard, I think, is because it is not a truck. It's just a crazy polygon-looking car that's a little bit taller with bigger wheels. Yeah. That he's deciding to call a truck. I think it was a big mistake. I think by Elon Musk to try to make a truck like that. But to say Have you even seen it? Let me show you. I've seen like a picture of it, I think. But to say that innovation isn't practical, it's not innovation. The thing is. He made a product that nobody wants. That's why he lost money. Maybe that's and true, but that's people, just the truck. Look, people looking to make money, though, don't really the actual, think about just the money. They think about the practicality of a product or service. The actual Tesla sports car, I think it's insanely practical. Tesla, I mean, um, Elon Musk also, you know what else he made? He manufactured, like, a fucking flamethrower. And he was like, don't buy this. That was his. That was his campaign for it. Don't buy this. Nobody should own this. So why? Why did he even make it? Because he can, dude. He's a fucking billionaire. He's a but fucking like, Tony Stark, man. So if you do that, why would you reveal it? Why not just make it and have one? He had like a very limited release. Like he only sold like a certain amount of. I bet them. Dragon Man bought one of those. <laughs> but he's a billionaire, dude. He doesn't. He doesn't give a shit. Even if even if this truck fails, he's already a billionaire. Like it doesn't matter. Like that guy's never gonna not be rich. Yeah, I mean, now that I think about it, the media really likes to blow that out of proportion. With they, they were really freaking out. I mean, the headlines I was seeing, it was just like Tesla stocks plummet. Elon Musk loses millions, and it's like, yeah, but. Yeah, I guess the guy still he wanted to make the truck and he made the truck. So, what? Yeah. I think that yeah, there's a lot of haters. Like, I mean, of course there is. When you're a billionaire, you're gonna have a shitload of haters, dude. But he's, I don't think he's going anywhere, and I don't think, I think yeah, he's gonna have some products that aren't. People aren't. People are like, yeah, we don't need that. But yeah, maybe he's just ahead of the curve. He developed. Well, I don't. I think that truck is kind of stupid looking, but. I think the idea of having cars that drive themselves, that's fucking awesome. 
thinks the idea of every being getting in your car and be like, hey, go take me to the library or something, and then it just like, and it goes there. That's fucking amazing. Sounds awesome. And, like, you know, bulletproof windows, that's always good. So your car becomes like a fucking tank and not just a car. I mean, and then also, he'd, you, the U.S. stopped sending astronauts to space in like 2008 uh, or something like that and and that's because there there was a bunch of like mishaps like a, ro- a rockets exploded uh, shuttles exploded or something and people died but Elon Musk is making this his rocket the Falcon Heavy or whatever it's called he's making it so that it can the same rocket can launch and then come back down and land Whereas what used to happen is our shuttles were one time, they were disposable. <laughs> so it's like you used it and then you came down and that, that shuttle was done. It was fucked. It was broken. It broke up in the atmosphere. Now Elon Musk has built this thing that can take off and land again. So that's very like uh, resourceful and it's... I feel like that's innovative as fuck, dude. Like he... If, if imagine if Elon Musk didn't exist, we wouldn't be doing anything as far as space exploration right now. I don't think. I think there is another company that's trying to go to Mars, but Russians. Yeah, the Russians are, and then there's another company, American company, I think, that's also trying to go to Mars. But you need people like him because they're trying to advance the fucking human race, not just. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> and it's the same thing with Steve Jobs. You need people like Steve Jobs because if there was no Steve Jobs, there'd be no iPods or iPhones. <laughs> Being insane. There might not even be smartphones. iPods might have sparked that. Everything certainly looks like the first iPhone iPod Touch with like full face touch screen. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was. It was had the word touch in it because it was touch screens were new at then that time i remember all phone, like phones looked super fucking ghetto like my, the first phone my the f- phones my parents got they were like these fucking really ghetto motorola they weren't even razors yet they were like the flat ones with the just a flat and like a little antenna thing and then big buttons on it yeah. And and it was and you couldn't even text the way you do now. You you it was the yeah, kids these days they don't know what T9 is. Yeah, you had to press <laughs> the same button until you got to the letter you wanted and then you could move on to the next letter. It was frustrating as fuck, dude. There was a divide amongst us kids that we never talked about and it was the T9 users versus the non Well, see, back in the day, I, I was terrible at it. I got really good at T9. Because I was a bad speller, so I wasn't good at it. And then... But I, I didn't actually ever have my own cell phone. Like, I used my parents' phones and shit. So, I got really good at T9 from that. But then by the time I actually had my own phone, T9 was gone. <laughs> and it was just... Uh, I had to get... It was so... I remember it was so weird for me getting used to doing it the way everybody knows how to do it now. I was like, you just type it? <laughs> There's just a keyboard on every phone now. Remember when the BlackBerry came out? 
And it was like, oh, a keyboard. Everybody thought that BlackBerry was the shit. Everybody had BlackBerry for their businesses. My dad had one for yeah, his I mean, business. I think it was promoted as a business phone. Yeah. That's why. Now, a couple years afterwards, and it's just like Blackberries. Well, it's more like 10 years afterwards, but Blackberries are nowhere. <laughs> Extinct, dude. They're fucking dead technology. And I remember those little, uh, Dude, there's been some weird phones over the years. There was like this, it, it was a juke, that's what it was called. Oh, yeah. It was <laughs> like a skinny little thing that you... <laughs> the thing was like literally an inch wide. Yeah, you f- it flipped and you... And my dad also had this one phone one... Oh, no, it, it rotated. Yeah. That's what it did, it was like... Yeah. Wha-pa. My dad had this phone called the Upstage for a little bit where it was double-sided, so... You could do. You could. It had a keyboard on one side, and then another side was like a touch screen. It was really cool, but that also got outdated. And now everything is just, everything is just like this. It has yeah. the basically the original layout of the iPod Touch. Uh, no, it kind of sucks. It's like kids nowadays think it's weird when a screen isn't a touch screen. Like every, I mean, especially like babies, like you, you're giving them a toy that's a touch screen, like iPads and stuff. So like they're gonna see a TV and just like go right up to it and fingerprints all over it. It's fucking weird, like, man. We did that as a kid. We were just like smacking the characters on the TV, you know, and it was just glass. But nowadays, I think about that shit like that a lot, and I think like. It's weird how things, so many things changed and we almost like didn't even realize it until we think about it now. Like, like my, for instance, my kid, he's never, he's probably never going to use a VHS. I mean, he's definitely never going to use a VHS. He's definitely. Or a DVD. He might never use a DVD. No, dude, DVDs are even outdated now. Like the physical copies of things are going to be gone to, to my kid's generation. And it's like. I remember in the year 2000, I got we got a DVD player for the first time, and we got the movie Shrek. It was like one of the very first movies yeah. we got on DVD. <laughs> Actually, I didn't even have Shrek on DVD. That was you when Shrek came out. It was for VHS and DVD at the same time, and I think we we were just a little bit behind there still. We didn't have a DVD player yet because the first player we had was a combo VHS DVD player. I remember when we got DVDs. I was like, this is the fucking future. <laughs> I was like, because I had, I had like a huge VHS collection of Disney movies. And yeah, dude, every, everybody in our age has one of those. Like, we still have our big tub. And I had my own VCR in my room. I didn't have a TV in my room. I had like a tiny-ass TV. It was literally the size of my fucking monitor right there. Yeah, it was like... That was like a thing my our parent, my mom did. It was, it was like no technology in our sleeping room. We had like a playroom where all of our toys were, and like our bedroom was literally just for sleeping in. I'm so glad my parents let me have technology and shit. I had a, I had a stereo, VCR, and TV, and I mean that's about yeah, it. We, yeah, I mean we had a TV in our N64, but it was just in the playroom, not our bedroom. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have a video game console to myself. We kept our PlayStation, because when I was young, all we had was a PS1. 
kept our PlayStation in the living room hooked up to that TV. So I was oh, never yeah, in my room like playing video games alone or anything. Yeah, didn't your dad play games though? My, he didn't play. I mean, he played PS One games sometimes with us, but he definitely wasn't like a like a gamer to the extent that he was with like WoW or something. Yeah, I mean, my parents never played games with me. I mean, maybe my mom did a few times, but she was never into playing games. No she doubt, just let us have our thing. The reason we had a PS One is because my stepdad John. So I would never have been exposed to. Video games, prob- <laughs> video games until I was much older. If it wasn't for him, so yeah, definitely. Cause also when I was super young, he had like a Sega Genesis where I was playing games on it. Video games are the are the fucking shit, dude. I think people who talk yeah. shit about video games are just wrong. <laughs> yeah, there's so many games that have held up even over the last thirty five years. Like good old Mario. Mario's all the Mario games are pretty much pretty fun, except for that now, Super I mean, Mario even Sunshine. Sonic, even Sonic, with being on the Sega and all, is still a thing today. That they're making a live-action movie. Not only that, I mean, you probably saw the trailers for it or heard about the controversy. I haven't heard anything about it. Nah, no. well, I guess if you're not into Sonic, it's just stuff that pops up in my Facebook. So. They released this first trailer for Sonic, and Sonic looks like... Uh, Stupid? I don't even know how to say it. Just, uh, he looks like a kid in a skin-tight costume <laughs> trying to be Sonic. It was just, he was fucking gross. <laughs> I want to show it to you. I'll show you later. But. Yeah. So, yeah, fans are outraged, rightfully so, because he did not look like Sonic at all. He looked like some fucking weird creature, looked like an alien... Yeah. So what, anyway, what they ended up doing was spending like sixty million dollars more on the movie to fix him, and uh, they fixed him pretty good. He looks all right now. But the main point, Sonic was an old thing that started in the '80s in a video as a video game character is still fairly relevant today. Old games still being surviving the test of time. Uh, yeah. Gosh, I think. Um... Hollywood has an obsession with rehashing old shit. Yeah, man. I think... <laughs> it's getting worse. It needs to stop. Like It's getting so bad. Like, look what Disney's doing. They're making all remakes of their classic cartoons that are fucking amazing. Some of the and remakes gonna... are good, but... Honestly, I haven't seen any of the remakes. I, I just can't bring myself to watch them at all, like any of them. John Favreau is a good filmmaker. He made the Jungle. That's the last I saw one. He's the, he made the Jungle Book remake and he made the Lion King remake. Uh, yeah, I did see the Jungle Book. That was the only one I've seen. They're both pretty good. I mean, yeah, I saw the Jungle Book in IMAX, so like everything was in detail too well. So I saw some CGI mistakes in IMAX. Which I'm sure you wouldn't be able to see in a regular TV, unless it was a 4K. But the the Lion King is it's almost the exact same movie. Just I mean, literally, there are very few things that that are different about that movie. Like every scene is is almost exactly the same. But yeah, I heard one I heard one guy's rant about Timon and Pumbaa. The song for them being kind of shitty. 
or just not? Oh, all the songs, they weren't as... Or I guess every song sucked earlier. They weren't... So you, everybody loves the the songs from the original Lion King. They're yeah, beloved songs. So you, yeah, great song. Uh, yeah, I mean, they this all the songs didn't weren't as good as the original songs. Yeah, I mean, if they took those remakes and literally just sang the same song, I would be so happy with that. Yeah, Beyonce had this has like this glamour fucking uh, horseshit song. <laughs> That's the thing when you have when you have somebody as glamorous as Beyonce, it's like it kills the. Uh, it just feels like this is a glamour project. Yeah, now. I think I, I know what you mean. I think about these remakes. Are they really making these remakes for kids, or are they just trying to still appeal to like our generation? They're just trying to get money. It's not even about kids, dude. That and that's the thing. Those those Disney movies that came out in the nineties. They were so fucking good. It's like people... It started with, like, The Little Mermaid. Yes, people were trying to make good movies. They weren't trying to just get a shitload of money. Uh, it, it was still a little bit about the money, because Disney had just released The Black Cauldron, which was one of their biggest flops at the time. But even and so, those movies are, are have so much more substance than any movie today. Actually, surprisingly, I saw a clip on Facebook today of the Great Mouse Detective. Great movie. That was an amazing movie, and Basil. it was like <laughs> Basil, Basil. Let <laughs> me say it like, yeah, great movie. Dude, when I was a little but kid, they considered that the Bronze Age of Disney, and then when The Little Mermaid came out, it was the beginning of the Silver Age. <clears throat> and if you look at it in terms of money, the Golden Age was like Snow White, and like. Uh, you know, the Jungle Book and uh, Robin Hood was like the golden age when Disney was alive. And then Disney died and then Disney fucked up and made the Bronze Age movies. According to them, you know, it's like... I don't see it Their, that their way. biggest money loss. This is probably just because I'm a 90s kid, but I feel like... I feel like Disney labeled those ages themselves. I feel like the late 80s and then 90s, early 2000s, fucking great time for Disney movies. And then if you once you can start getting to like two thousand five, yeah, bunch of bunch of bullshit starts coming out. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was Pixar when uh, when they made the absolutely revolutionary movie at the time, Toy Story. Yeah, that was like the first three D animated was, movie. That was Pixar's uh, first movie. And what was awesome about that the the Toy Story was some of those frames. Like the really big frames, wide shots of like, uh, first example is when Andy's coming up to his room and there's a wide shot of all the toys scattering. One of those frames in that scene took two months to make. Damn. The next frame also took two months to make. Toy Story was in the making for many years. And that's, that's to touch back on animation, what I love about stop motion animation is that you are working with dolls or clay or you know, like you're doing something hands-on. Whereas, when you're fucking making computer animation, you're just fucking clicking and, God, dude, I hate doing shit on the computer. So, like I hate doing long fucking editing work on the computer because it's just I I can imagine like the people who made Shrek and stuff. Like, dude, they just spent months and months of just fucking designing like. Because like, if you see, Man, if you see, like, uh, I've seen like, once again, South Park, 
Like what they do is they actually have like just a touch screen and a little stylus pen that they can digitally draw on, but still physically draw well, yeah, some of their stuff. Now it is. Now it's probably way easier. But back in the days of Shrek, this shit was done all on a computer, and and it was like they made like a wire body of a wire frame body of Shrek and added green skin and then <laughs> added his facial features and shit and his clothes. Yeah, there's... And then they got him naked. The, there's a bonus feature of Shrek where you can see some of their glitches of animations. Oh, and computer animation in its infancy was probably just a fucking bitch. Like, to make Toy Story, that was probably a fucking bitch. Because that was the first time it had ever been done. Yeah, and it was done incredibly well. Hell yeah. I remember when... I was super young, I was like four years old, and me and my mom saw like a commercial on TV for Toy Story. My mom was like, we gotta get that. Uh, uh, man, when I saw that movie for the first time, I was obsessed with that shit. I wanted a real Woody and Buzz. Dude, me and my brother had a Woody and Buzz. No, but I wanted them to be alive. <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course. You know, <laughs> I don't think I've ever said this to anyone, but like, I like... I was like talking to my Woody doll one time. I'm just like, I, w- I will keep your secret if you're alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man, I was just like, please, just be alive, <laughs> <laughs> dude. That, that reminds me of something I did once. I, I was like super fucking young, like probably four years old, and I was I was alone in my bed, and I saw something on my floor that looked like a spider. And I was, I tried to like reason with this spider to leave me alone. I was like, please. Like, come on, bro, just don't do this. I was like, just leave me alone, please. And then when I woke up in the morning, it wasn't a spider at all, it was a piece of Easter grass. So I was talking to a piece of Easter grass for a little bit that night. Uh, that's good. Uh, I have told that story before somewhere, I just can't remember. Maybe. Maybe it was on a different podcast. I don't know. Toy Soldier was that was Small Soldiers. Small Soldiers. That's such a good movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've actually. I think I've only seen that movie like once on TV with like commercial breaks. I just watched it like a couple months ago. It's so good. Disney Channel. When I was growing up, that was the time to be watching Disney Channel. I. I mean. Yeah, just I don't know. I just I couldn't get into the Disney channels. I was too into the Nickelodeon channel. Dude, I was so into Disney Channel. I was I was watching Even Stevens every single day. I was watching Lizzie McGuire every single day. I was watching Boy Meets World every single day. I was watching So Weird every night. Like my, my interest in Nickelodeon was like I had this friend named Xavier and he got me into SpongeBob. And that's when I, that's, and that was like fourth, third, yeah, it was like second grade. So I hadn't gotten into Spongebob or Nickelodeon really until like second grade. It's still been way before I got into it. Because we didn't have cable till fourth grade for me. My grandparents' house, I watched it at first. I got cable in second grade, I th- or maybe I didn't get cable till third grade. Fuck, dude. Yeah, my grandparents had cable before my mom did. That's crazy. I know for a long time I didn't have cable. I don't remember exactly when I got it, but I was still watching shit even before I had cable. Like, all my friends had cable and stuff. And also, what Xavier introduced me to was 
James Bond Goldeneye, and he just introduced me into James Bond uh, period, 007. So Dude, yeah, that was one of the greatest games ever made. Yeah, he, he had an N64, and we would always play. Uh, what's that? Oh, we play Super Smash Bros. There was this fucking awesome game on Super Smash Bros. where uh, you're fighting people on tiles that are falling. And you gotta like, you gotta f- kick them off the tiles and get yourself off the tile if it starts to fall. God damn, that was so fun. I don't remember that one. <clears throat> Super, the original Super Smash Bros. for N64. Such a good game. They're not making like newer versions of Twisted Metal. And the reason why they're not doing it is just because all anybody cares about is fucking shooting games now. I mean, technically, Twisted Metal is a shooting game, but you, yeah, you're driving and shooting, so it's kind of different. I think it's because people don't like car games, really. <clears throat> I don't like regular car games that much, but Twisted Metal, I feel like those yeah, I mean, were such good games, dude. They were fucked up. Like, the storylines were all, like, serial killers and shit. Yeah. And then fucking, oh, man, it was such a good game. Twisted Metal Black is one of the best games of all time. Reminds me of the game for N64 called Vigilante. I never, Vigilante. I never played it. I probably have it on my PC. The only one I had was the second one. It's called Vigilante 8, Second Offense. Second Offense. Like, I never did understand it, but at the time, eventually when I got older to like read the campaign story, which the story popped up for like five seconds before each level to read like a whole paragraph. So it wasn't really that good of storytelling. Yeah, it was kind of fucked up. It was like, yeah, this person's like avenging their dead mother, this monkey in a garbage truck killed it. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) There were some zany characters on there. Oh, no, the monkey was, uh, it it was a monkey that they sent to the moon, and he drove a moonraker. Right, and then there was, uh, then there was, uh, like, an angsty high schooler that, like, stole a city bus, and he was just driving a bus. And then the dump truck was driven by an alien. This sounds like a weird version of Twisted Metal. Yeah, it's it's like uh, yeah, everything you said about Twisted Metal is about like I mean yeah, it's like guns on cars and the cars driving around. Maybe it's like N64's attempt to. Yeah, it could have been another developer that loved Twisted Metal that was just like I'm gonna make a game like it. Twisted Metal was such a good game, dude. I wonder which came first. Twisted. Well, the PS One Twisted Metal was a. Originally a PS1 title, so. Oh, I mean PS1 and 64 came out the same year, I think. Yeah. 96. So it would make sense that Nintendo would have a version of that if they were like somebody worked at Sony and then went to Nintendo and were like, "Yeah, they're making this game where cars kill each other." <laughs> when you're 18 years old, you can cut your dick off and sew it on your forehead if you want, dude. Don't matter. It's all you. But this has been the ninth episode of From the Perspective of Justin. And Clint Hudson was our guest. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. See you later. Epstein didn't kill himself. (laughs)